This is Shudders Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi and welcome to episode 556 of Shudders Inc. Back for another year. This is Bruce Williams from ShuddersIncPodcast.com and joining me once again via Skype from Melbourne, Victoria from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au it is Mr. Glenn Lavender. Happy New Year. Are you saying that our last episode of last year yes. was 555? I am. How do we not make any silly references to Hollywood phone numbers? In <laughs> every movie, every TV show. Uh, yes. Oh, cool, Dave. It's 555. Yes. 5582. Yes. It's always 555. That's and right. We, we just. We, oh. Can we do it now? Can we. <laughs> Of course you can, mate. Go for it. It's probably too late. I can't think of anything. If I'd probably known, I'd have prepared something. It's so last year. Oh, God. <laughs> Happy New Year. It's, a whole, it's like a whole new year. It is like a whole new year. I saw someone I saw someone putting something up just before on Facebook. Um, they're just wrapping up a weekend that they run in America, and they're saying, bookings are now open for 2025. I'm going, that's 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 some mystical time in the, in the far distant future. 2025, Bruce. Yeah. I mean, that's like you know, <laughs> space 1999, we're living on the moon. What would we be doing by 2025? Yeah. Do you realise that come the end of this year, it will be a quarter of a century since the Y2K debacle? Oh, my God. <laughs> How crazy is that? Worse than that, <laughs> uh, towards the end of the year, it's going to be the 25th anniversary since my football club last won the premiership. <laughs> that, that would seem like an even, even longer period. It's a quarter of a century. <laughs> and, and to make matters even worse. Yeah. Towards the end of this year, I'm 60. No! 60, Bruce. Oh, man. 60. I don't want to think about that. I, I was saying to Kathy the other night, 40 didn't bother me, 50 didn't bother me, 60 bothers me. 30 really bothered me. Really? Nearly had a, nearly had a meltdown at 30. Yeah, right. 40 and 50, but I'm, I'm starting to get concerned about this. <laughs> Because that's old. I saw some T-shirt the other day that said, uh, when you realise you're as old as old people. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. How um, was yeah. your Christmas? Um, oh, it was a disaster. Why? Well, <laughs> so the Christmas this year, Christmas lunch uh, uh, on Christmas Day was going to be at my place. Yeah. And uh, be you know, myself and the missus and the two kids. And then her sister, husband, and their two kids come right. along. Mm-hmm. And then my mother and father-in-law. Right. That's how, that's how, that's like the, all there is of that side of the family in, in Victoria. Yeah. You know? So it's going to have everyone around together. Well, I, eight or nine days out from Christmas one of the members comes of my sister's uh, my sister-in-law's family come down with COVID. Oh no! And then another one comes down with COVID. Oh no! And then another one comes down with COVID. <laughs> yeah, and it's getting up to like December twenty-three, and two of them are still testing positive. Oh no! Yeah, you know? and it's like, oh, should we just call? Let's just cancel them. Let's just okay. Look, guys, we'll do something <laughs> a week after Christmas. Something you just don't wait. Okay? So it's down to mother-in-law and father-in-law. That's yeah. right. Nice, quiet one. No worries at all. Four o'clock Christmas Eve, mother-in-law yeah. calls. Yeah. Oh, uh, talking to cat. Your dad's your dad's got a massively infected eye and he's oh, in hospital. No. <laughs> so you'd had cataract surgery like the week before, oh. and and some part of it got infected and it all swollen, shut, and pain and swelling and stuff. So um, he's in hospital. We're going to have to cancel tomorrow. Oh no. What made it worse is they were bringing all the food. Oh no. <laughs> So four o'clock, other than the roast potatoes, which I was doing, yeah. and the salad, which my missus was doing, they're bringing everything else, all the seafood, <laughs> the, 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 the cooked meats. How, the, how oh. far away did they live? Oh, well, they lived like half an hour away, but it's, okay. it's not cooked, and they weren't going to be cooking it anymore because <laughs> they ain't coming. So it's like I can say, spend all this yeah, time. Get, just le- cook le- it for us, I'll come over and pick him, it up. Yeah, leave him in hospital. <laughs> Go home and cook into the night. I'll be there. And if you're heading back to hospital, see him. Can you drop it off on the way past? <laughs> so, four o'clock Christmas Eve, it's like we have nothing for Christmas yeah, lunch right. other than some roast potatoes and a salad that the kids won't eat. Oh, you know? no. So, it's now dad's job to run out and try and source Christmas lunch. <laughs> 
four o'clock on Christmas <laughs> Eve. <laughs> so um, I bolted up to, to our local Aldi because yeah. I, I know they've got stuff that not everyone else has. And yeah. so I'll start with them and I'll work my way to Coles and I'll go to the other, the, the other mobs. Yeah. And I've gone into Aldi and there's this perfect size for four people, turkey roast. Okay. Uh, covered in honey glazed bacon. Right. And, and a pumpkin spice mash, uh, um, um, uh, not filling, what do they call it, stuff? Stuffing. Um, that goes, stuffing. It, it's stuffing inside this thing. Hmm. And, it was, and it was on sale because it was 4.30 on Christmas Eve. They're trying to clear everything out. Yeah. So I bought this thing and other stuff as well. Got home, cooked this thing. Best thing I've had in 20 years. Wow. On Christmas, at Christmas lunch. <laughs> the honey glazed bacon was to die for. The turkey was fabulous and, and flavoursome and, and the, the stuff in the middle of the stuff. Stuffing, the stuff in the middle of the stuffing was was delicious. Oh, and this was like, from Aldi. Aldi, yeah. Nice. And it's like cost me like seventeen dollars. It was down what? from like thirty five down to seventeen because oh. it was four thirty quarter to five on <laughs> <and> Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> and they had like four or five left. But that was all they had. It was like everything else yeah. was empty except yeah. for like four. So thank God that it was a uh, acceptable. Yeah. Uh, and so it was that, and yeah, you know, roast potatoes and veggies and. Um, Salads wow. and prawns and you know, all, all the all the stuff that we tend to do for a Christmas day down here, uh, and then I, I'd, I'd run around and get desserts. You know, got, yeah, and Christmas puddings and custard. That's how <laughs> trying to buy custard on Christmas Eve is impossible. Yeah, so that was that was the stress I didn't need at five o'clock on Christmas Eve. Yeah, know? right. And then it poured it down with rain all day Christmas day. Oh, really? Yeah, it absolutely bucketed it down. So, okay. uh, which is perfect. We didn't have to drive anywhere, which you often do yeah. on most Christmas days. We just yep. didn't have anyone coming over. We yep. just got got up leisurely. Watch your kids open their presents, open their own presents, yep. had coffee, lazed around. Nice. The food was basically all prepared. So it was just like shove it in the oven and just relax. Perfect Christmas and day. it was like the best <laughs> Christmas day in years. So it started out a disaster, ended up bloody brilliant. Yeah. And then a week later, we got everyone he- everyone healthy, and um, and then they all came over, and uh, I think one of them gave me COVID. Oh, then, I got co- then I got COVID. <laughs> Jeez. So I had COVID like a week before last, so it was probably a bit late for them oh, getting it to me, but still. Jeez. So yeah, it's it's been a yeah, it, it was an eventful. How was your Christmas? Yeah, with Max down and yeah, and, so Max yeah. Max was down for three weeks, um, which was fantastic. It was great to see him. We had seventeen people here for Christmas Day. Oh, Jesus, sixteen of whom stayed the night. Oh um, Jesus! So the place was like a bed. Where did sit. you stay? I would have gone somewhere else. Where did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so out. We, we had people everywhere. Like here in my study, there were two people crashed out on the floor in the media room. There was one adult on the sofa and about four or five kids sleeping on the floor. Oh my God. There was another adult sleeping on the lounge in the music room. <laughs> It was just people everywhere. So wow, but it was it was good. We had we had a good good day, and uh, yeah, and oh, I love living in the country again. Okay, because we, we we essentially live in a small country village now. Yeah, New Year's Eve, we left home at twenty past eight, drove down to a, a, a sort of a lakeside suburb which is about a 12 minute drive from here parked the car within half a kilometer of the jetty walked down to the jetty got a seat on the jetty with our legs dangling over the edge so we weren't even looking over somebody's shoulder with two minutes to spare watched the fireworks which went for 20 minutes which was twice as long as Sydney's fireworks and then walked back to the car got in the car and we were home by quarter to ten (laughs) it's like yes winning (laughs) that's how it should be (laughs) we had friends over for New Year's Eve staying the night and uh, there was only three and not 16 which is craziness but we our local park often the neighbours will come out with their fireworks and set them off in the local park yeah right and for those who don't know in Australia it's illegal to have fireworks so um, they have these illegal fireworks so so anyway 5 to 12 or 10 to 12 we walk up to the park and there's there's always people milling around because they know the locals are going to come out with their fireworks you know and then this one family come out and they walk out to wherever people set the fireworks off and they were the only ones that showed up and they looked around and they said to everyone sorry guys we've only got three (laughs) (laughs) 
and there were three one that fired stuff up in the air for about eight seconds. <laughs> Two that spun on the ground and it was over. Everyone trundled back to the house. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, how do you only have three fireworks? How, how does that happen? Yeah. So it's got a kind of funny. Uh, did you take your camera down to the tripod? Did I did. Photograph? I did take you the did? camera down to the jetty and uh, I got some nice fireworks photos. Uh, and I did notice, and I. I Never heard whether anyone was hurt, but right towards the end, as it was sort of building up to the climax and the shells were getting bigger, I noticed one shell, like, because they were fired off the water, like on the bay, and probably, I don't know, 150 metres from where we were sitting on the jetty. But I noticed this shell that went, like, like you got the thump as it, as it took off, but it literally only got about 10 metres in the air and boom, and it was like a big-ass shell, like one of those that was meant to go up 100 metres before it exploded. And it and it exploded about ten meters above sea level. I was thinking, wow, that was not meant to happen like that. Dear, so, dear. Yeah. So. When, when when I used to live in Canada, the certain fireworks are legal in Canada, and a whole bunch aren't. So anything right. uh, anything that comes down to the ground is illegal. Right. So you have stuff that goes up in the air and yep. explodes, but nothing can come down. Yep. But of course, the fun ones are the ones that. <laughs> <laughs> So I used to sneak over into Washington State, and on the Indian reservations, you could buy anything. Right. I'm talking, you could buy, like, mortar shells with, like, a 10-inch bloody shell. Jeez. And, and it's, like, a, about a metre-high mortar tube that you'd buy, oh. drop this whopper there. <laughs> but the, anything you wanted, they had. But um, the, the best thing was they had these little little square cardboard box. Yeah. Well, remember the old bottle rockets? Just a little rockets and a little stick, and, little yeah, spot, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's all yeah. it did? Yeah. Well, kind, kind of fun for kids but not great for adults or yeah. great entertainment but they used to have this cardboard box would be a hundred of them right all with all with the, with no sticks with all the sticks taken oh, off and okay. all on one fuse oh. right. so you light this fuse <laughs> and I, I got one because they're not four dollars or something yeah, well, right. i'll try one <laughs> so we in this in this middle of nowhere to set this thing off the night <laughs> we lit the fuse and we've gone back about 10 feet <laughs> Yeah, safe distance, you know. <laughs> but the problem is not having any sticks, which is the guidance system. Yeah. <laughs> These fucking things go everywhere. So all of a sudden there's a hundred projectiles flying in every possible direction. <laughs> That that was that was the second stupidest thing with fireworks, and the stupidest thing was the first time I went to India. It was for uh, Dev Diwali uh, festival. Okay, and I didn't I didn't really know what was going on. I got I got to the hotel, did some shooting, went out that night. That night I've got out out of the hotel into this alleyway. There's all these people letting off fireworks like crazy, and this guy's come out with this like this massive roll of ten thousand crackers. What? Right. Little, little, like, so the crackers are like, you know, they're little, you know, they're little, fire, little red things with a yeah. little tiny fuse, but it's a roll of 10,000 of them. Whoa. And these are all about two inch size crackers. Right? Wow. And he rolls that, it's like about 30 metres long. Right. <laughs> and he lights the fuse on each end, and all 10,000 of these go off over you know, 10 seconds. But the problem is, the things are flying, the missiles are flying bloody everywhere, and they're burning hot. <laughs> and I'm being pelted by all these flying, and people are just running, diving for cover, and there's just shit. It's like a war zone. <laughs> 10,000 10, uncontrolled fireworks going off in a couple of seconds. It's like. <laughs> but oh, you'd, you'd see people over there they'd be buying like a box a boxed fireworks or one yeah. firework but they've got like like a little mini hatchback car right? right and they're strapping two of these to the roof and they're <laughs> overhanging the roof right <laughs> on the <laughs> like more like those rocket launches <laughs> oh god and I, I used to work in a chinese grocery store it was, it was my first ever job and, uh, okay. and and those days it was legal to sell fireworks. This sounds like, like a joke. I'm waiting for the punchline. No, no, it's a, it's a truth. In Saturday mornings, nine till nine till one, I got twelve dollars for doing it. Right. It was legal to sell fireworks on the Queen's birthday weekend. Right. It was legal to sell, and, and at the end of every uh, end of that weekend, th- this give me a huge bag load of fireworks because they hadn't been sold. So yeah, right. I'd have a bunch of. And me and my mate Dave from across the street used to get those those little Roman candles that fire out the little little coloured balls. Yep. And those days you used to have garbage cans made of metal with the metal lid, so you'd hold the lid like a shield and fire the firework at each other. 
Yeah, oh, and the okay. shields are trying to see they're trying to attack each other. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm in my backyard, firing one up there, and one exploded in my buddy hand. Oh, and my mum, there's this massive explosion. My mum comes bolting out the back. What was that? What was that? And there's me trying to see, seeing if I've got all my fingers, trying not to show I'm in pain. Nothing, mum. Nothing here. I just, I just came out to see myself. I'm just having it. <laughs> oh, fireworks are dangerous thing. So, did you use your, did you use your new triggery thing to? No. Um, no. No. Have you used your new triggery thing to? No. 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 I thought about it. And just, it's just let me just be double check. It was five hundred dollars, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm actually thinking. I know, I'm, I know I'm you going to try and sell the show, so it's okay to say that. I'm going to try and sell it. Oh, really? We haven't yeah. even used it once. No. Has, has the whole experience been soured for it you? It really has. The... It yeah. really has. I so wanted to take it to Alaska. Yeah. Uh, and the communication from the company was a bit, you know, ho hum. But don't, and... don't you think it's not worth at least? Just seeing if it's awesome. <laughs> How about I send it to you? No, you couldn't be bothered. <laughs> use it. <laughs> I mean, look, I love it. I just, I just don't do the photos yeah. that that kind of tool would be useful for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I love. It. I think. I think. I'm, I'm really impressed with. It. I, I really and think you it's know, a, a you know what else thing. has has kind of. I, I, I guess the other reason that I've kind of gone cold on it is the idea that I really think it's designed for people who shoot JPEG, yeah, and I don't shoot yeah. JPEG. Yeah. You know, I, I like to shoot RAW. I, I enjoy the process of developing Processing. an image afterwards. <laughs> the process you know? of process. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing that you, you mean... <sighs> You like the joy of capturing something yourself, not just pressing a button and yeah. letting a tool do the work. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I really. I still miss my trigger trap. I loved that thing. What happened to that? Uh, I got stolen in Paris. Oh man! Oh, that's yeah. why you had your bag stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So yeah. yeah, so that's that's kind of yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. Man. But anyway, is there a market for? Is there a market for it though? That's well, look, I know that there are still people who are going. I really want one of these, and you know, when when are they shipping? Kind of thing. So oh, I they're really... still struggling to ship them, yeah, are they? Yeah. So wow. I really need to just get active and go. Oh, well, whilst there's still demand, I've yeah. got one, and it's not yeah. been used. You know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So anyway. Anyway, did you take any other photos over Christmas? Uh, well, I just did a photo shoot on the weekend, just gone. Did you? Yeah, do with uh, with Tegan. Ah, you're regular. Yes, I think it must be about our seventh shoot together. I think. So, what did you do? You've done Red Riding Hood. You've done the other. What's the other cliches you've done? Sorry, <laughs> yeah. um, oh, they're all cliches. <laughs> um, it was a bit of a last minute thing, actually. I didn't reach out to her until. I think probably the Wednesday or the Thursday of last week. And I said, hey, you got any plans for the weekend? And she went, no, not really. What, what did you have in mind? And I said, I was thinking, you know, maybe do a an Australia Day type of shoot, you know, something that, well, you know. Invading. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Invading so, the countryside. Or yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> so who um, bring, bring smallpox to uh, un, <laughs> un, un, unheralded people. and yeah. That's it. Wiping out entire. <laughs> yeah, so so tell me, what is Australia Day theme? She's wearing a flag. Yeah, isn't that disrespectful? Much. Isn't yeah, that disrespectful? She had a t shirt with a, with Australia on it and oh, okay. uh, zinc um, cream on the nose. <laughs> we didn't do that. No, oh. um, <laughs> floppy hat with with corks. Well, she had she had an Akubra. Okay. Um, so, but she brought a few different costumes, so it wasn't entirely an Australia Day theme. But we just did a. She bunch wasn't of... wearing a kangaroo. No, she was not. <laughs> not wearing a kangaroo. <laughs> um, but oh, Kath and I had gone on a motorbike ride over the Christmas break and yeah. had stopped at this little, like I like just typical Australian country hotel, in this tiny little village of you know maybe three hundred people. So I thought. I wouldn't mind doing the shoot there. So I rang the, the pub on the, you know, the Thursday or whatever it was. And I said, oh, you know, mate, we, we stopped at your pub a couple of weeks back for lunch and a drink. And I said, I'm a photographer from, you know, this little village and, you know, not far away. And I said, I'm planning on doing a shoot with a model. Would you mind if we came and shot at the pub? And he went, when were you thinking of doing it? And I said, oh, Sunday morning. 
He goes, yeah, not a problem. See you then. Wow. <laughs> it's just like too easy. And um, yeah, so we, we shot at this little pub called the Khartoum Hotel at Kitchener. And Is it uh, K-H-A-R-T-O-U-M? That's the one. Ah, so named after the Egyptians, oh, I guess. I, I guess, and uh, and this guy has a a standing, you know, one of those burger challenges. Uh, it's, oh yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. than just a burger. He he said it is five kilograms of food, and if you can put that away in half an hour, it's five hundred dollars. He said ninety three people have attempted it. Yeah, one person has been successful, and that oh. person has done it three times. Oh, jeez. I'd be banning them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Dude, you've done it once, banned. Yeah, exactly. See, you got one chance. That's, I wouldn't let them do it again. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, we, we went and did our shoot there, and uh, I've put a couple of the images up so far. Of if anyone about- likes that sort of food challenge sort of stuff, yeah, there's a guy I watch on YouTube, a pommy guy called Beard Meets Food. Right. Because he's got a big beard. Right. Uh, very funny. Very good stuff. Very, very, very worthwhile um, having a bit of a, bit of a watch. Nice. So he eats uh, yeah, enormous sums of amounts of food in right. ridiculously short periods of time and yeah. somehow it doesn't explode. It's crazy. Yeah. I, d- I don't know how you eat five, five kilos. kilos in half an hour. I couldn't eat that in know. 24 hours. Just, even just like your jaw getting sore from chewing. Yeah. You know? well, I don't know that you could chew. You'd have to be just taking bites and swallowing it whole. <sighs> but, oh, that Ooh. would just make you, you ill. Oof. But anyway, uh, so apart from that and the fireworks, that was probably the limit of my shooting over there. Well, the... how did you shoot go with Tegan? Were you happy with the stuff? Yeah. I was I was happy. Have you posted it anywhere? Yeah, I've posted a couple of images on Instagram and um, Facebook so far. Although the Facebook stuff is in the dark table group, so it's not on uh, my profile. I have posted them on Instagram. Uh, and I probably earmarked about... Do I follow about... you? Probably not. <laughs> should, um, I should maybe. What are you under, Bruce Williams? Yeah. Bruce, Bruce Williams, Williams photography. photography. There you are. Yeah. Now, look, I follow you. It says it right there. Look, following. How's that? Yeah, so let's, have, let's have a look here. Um, too much wall. Um, what? I don't understand that photo. <laughs> That's good. Like that, but I hate the background. Just, just the the best of the three shots for yep. mine, for my taste, is the the one in the hat and the red check shirt. Right. So the yeah. But okay. is that a fridge or something in the background? What is well, she's in the, in the bar. She's in the main bar yeah, but, of the pub. Th- but why? Because <laughs> it's where we started. But th- th- and then you have got this this bright white line straight down. In yeah, fact, that's in the two, fridge. But, which, yeah, is that? so all that does is draw your eye straight to it. So you, should, you could clone that out straight away. Yeah. And it would be nowhere near as distracting. <laughs> but those two bright lines, especially... And the thing is, um, if they were shaped, if they were curved or if they were balls, they're not as not as much a, a, a draw as yeah. being straight lines. Straight, right. bright thing. Yeah. Will, will, you probably won't even see the girl as a girl in the photo. <laughs> I, I struggle to see the girl. All I can see is the line. Okay. So just just for the sake of when you when you can yeah. get the photo and just clone that out and just compare the two and see how your eye changes how you look at the photo. Okay. So I, I actually ran a workshop this weekend just gone for the first time in four years. Wow. Uh, an actual actual full day workshop and one of those images I show is a a girl not dissimilar composition to that photo. Yep. It's a girl but she's leaning against a plain red wall. Okay. Right and. I asked everyone what they see, and they describe the girl in all this detail. And so blah, 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 blah. Then I show the same photo, but in that big space where the red wall is, I put a black dot. Right. And now they can't hardly see the girl. They can't not see this bloody dot. Yep. Uh, it's just it's just one little black spot. Yeah. And so there's, there's pulls and pushes in photos. Yep. Uh, and the, the blank red wall is a push, and it pushes your eye towards the subject. Right. And the black dot, or in this case, your white straight lines, they're pulls. They're, they're, they're at the very least giving you half of the attention of someone looking at the photo is focused on that. Right. So you're only getting a half look at the person. Yeah. Makes sense. And, and, and we're talking yeah, immediate reactions, not I'm going to study the photo for 10 minutes. Yeah. But when you first look at a photo, if half your distraction is taken away from what you're trying to point out, 
and it's something that could be fixed, well, it makes sense to fix it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I can't, and to be honest, I haven't got my reading glasses on. I can't really see the other, <laughs> the other photos very well because I can't. Oh, so the second one, she's, she's beside a motorbike. Really? Is that what that is? Yeah. I thought it was a, sa- a horse saddle or something. You'd never know that's a motorbike. <laughs> no. Because it doesn't look, and it well, doesn't, and it's incongruous because there's a motorbike with a Australian flag on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I uh, don't understand that. Uh, and what's behind <laughs> her in this one? And, but it looks like a really cool shed. So you've got this really cool shed, yeah. a model in a uh, reasonably nice outfit, hmm. and then you're bringing these other things in that just doesn't say Australia Day. I mean, the flag says Australia, but the bike doesn't say Australia Day. No. <laughs> you wanted this critique, didn't you? And no, the first one, I didn't. I know you did. And the first one, when I said this is too much wood panelling, so this is a thirds image. There's three thirds in this photo. Yeah. There's one-third black, one-third girl, one-third wood. Yep. Yeah, and usually when you want a photo of a, a, a pretty girl, that's not the kind of wood you're after. <laughs> so I'm saying. <laughs> that's, so, so the wood, again, to me, is a pull. Yeah. And if you, if you, were, to, if you were to divide that wood into thirds yeah. and discard the left-hand two-thirds and leave, I think you'd find you'd, you'd, um, your balance would shift completely. Yeah, because I'm zooming out two thirds of that. That's right. actually quite a nice image. Okay, I just find it's it's so it's all about weight and balance again for me. You know, I know you don't want this critique, and you're not going to listen to it anyway. But somebody <laughs> out there may go and look at it and go, "Oh, I see what he's saying." And yeah. there's some because yeah, yeah. this rest of this podcast is going to be full of crap. So we <laughs> may as well speak about something of merit <laughs> towards actually about proper photography. That's um, right. So what what weight do all the elements have in the photograph and do they add to the story or take away by the weight you put into them? Right. So there's a third of your photo is is a lump of wood. Yep. How, what, how does that influence? And it's not like it shows you an old barn or the shape or the, you know, all the other stuff that could be more, I don't know. But notice what I didn't critique? No. I didn't critique your lighting on the model, the model's poses, the way she looked, because she got all that really good. Right. Well, that, she looks really good in all three of those photos, Bruce. Okay, cool. So that's good. Yep. It, it doesn't look, it's not trite, it's not try hard, it's not, you know, it, so all those look good. It's just, okay, we've got a good image. And if I'm shooting this, and let's say I'm, I'm doing this shoot and I'm, and I'm doing those things, I'm, 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 this is what I'm doing to my own photos. I'm looking and going, where's the weight? What have I done wrong? Right. How do I eliminate it? And if I saw, if I wanted to shoot that shot with the fridge in the background, yep. and I saw those lights, I'd be happy to shoot it, knowing that I'd be cloning out those lights afterwards. Right. The same way if I had to photograph against a wall and there's a stops, no standing sign or something on it, I know I'd probably be cloning that out later. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it kind of added something interesting, uh, and that brings me back to my workshop I did on the weekend. I did a natural light workshop. Yeah. And, and it kind of ties in quite nicely because I I set up this one particular shot. Funny, one of my favourite images I've shot in a long time. I loved it. Um, but a woman who was at the workshop posted the photos online, mm. uh, her photos and. It wasn't the composition I recommended, and her composition uh, basically it was an entrance to an underground car park where right. there's an old bikey uh, with a cool be a cool moustache and cool cool hair and stuff and a you know, really really good profile. Yep. And it, the objective was to try and turn the background black by using the camera's inability to see yep. light and dark. Yep. And straight out of camera, it was perfect. It looked great, but she shot horizontal rather than vertical. Right. And on. By doing that, she's added more of the background because obviously a horizontal shows more than a vertical sure. would do. And in that dark background, there's a, a no standing sign. Right. And because it's white, it stands out more, you know? Yep. And uh, But it's still kind of dark and uh, distant, but it, but it's this thing hovering in the black beyond this guy. And I, and so and she put him on Facebook and said, Oh, do you mind critiquing my photos? So I, I went to, grabbed a photo, cropped it vertically rather than hot, put a post back and said, I would prefer this. And she goes, Oh, no, I deliberately shot the give away, the no standing sign. <laughs> I'm going, But A, you're not shooting what I told you to shoot. <laughs> yeah, but more importantly, you know, it, it's what what is the appeal? I don't understand why you would want that in the photograph. You've got this majestic. I mean, I'm telling you, I love this photograph. This photograph is 
freaking awesome. Right. And, and I don't like many of my photos, so for me to like it. And then a second I looked at the back of the camera, I went, hells yeah. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and it's not, it's nothing. I could do this shot a million, million times in a day. Yeah. But just what came together was this great character face in, in great yeah. lighting that I put him in. Yeah. You know, but to, to then not, not, I don't know, to, to, to see that fridge light and be, be okay, still okay with it. But that's, I don't know. Am I anal? Am I? Uh, is it? Am I've I, do already I darkened it. Like if you uh, were to no, see, you should have cloned that sucker right out. Don't yeah. even darken it. Yeah, because yeah. like darkening's not going to do it. Yeah, if you were to see the original, you would understand that this is an improvement over what came straight out of camera. Yeah, yeah, but uh, dude, you've got the ability. Yeah. To erase that in a second flat. Yep. Sure. Yeah, you 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 true you true truly 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 do. Yeah. But you know, I don't know what you were doing. You might have been busy. You might not have had a lot of time to do stuff to muck around with photos. I'll tell you something. That was the first image of the day. That explains a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> so here's it. So so, how quickly did you set that photo up? Sixty seconds, ninety seconds. Okay. And how how long did you shoot it for? A two hundredth of a second. <laughs> uh, how many photos did you take? Oh, in, in that position. Yeah. Oh, maybe two or three. Okay, and then you moved on somewhere else. Yeah, and then I'm, and then we moved somewhere else, and I think I went with that one because of the you know the facial expression was the best of the three or something like that. Since two thousand five, Shutters Inc has been a labour of love, but beyond the time required to produce it, there was also a financial commitment. If you find value in the podcast and would like to help keep the servers running, hit up the Patreon link, which is in the show notes. Even a couple of dollars a month will help. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. Here's the thing. I had uh, eight people at the workshop, and I've never had online feedback so good Ever, I yeah, think. Right. I think nearly every single person, uh, uh, I mean, they're sharing on their own socials. They're doing just pu- just putting stuff out all over the place, yep. to, to recommending to, to come to come to one of my events. And, yeah, you might get one or two people, but not everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah, obviously it wasn't a, it wasn't a horrendous day out. But, I mean, for, what, for me as a perfectionist, what I would have liked, it wasn't yeah, as smooth sailing. You know, some days everything just goes really easy yep. and everything comes together. This one, just a bit harder work. Yeah. Uh, but one of the big things I was emphasising, especially on days when, you know, it's a bit of a, uh, you're struggling with your art, mm-hmm. is to spend five or ten minutes setting up the shot. And, 30, and you know, 60 seconds shooting it versus 60 seconds setting up the shot and two or three minutes shooting it. Right. Uh, because if you spend that five minutes, you're either going to move on somewhere else because all the problems are too hard to fix or you're going to um, resolve all the issues that make the photograph a bit of a struggle, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, that, and here's the thing, too. I reckon we all tend to do this, because you're saying the first shot of the day, yeah, you, you, you want to get shooting. You, you, you just start doing the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And that's probably the time. That's probably the one shoot of the day where you should take the most time. <laughs> no, yeah. mostly because if it is shit, I'm not saying this is, but let's say if your first shoot of a day is just absolute garbage, yeah. all you do is put yourself under pressure. Right. All you do is put yourself, all you do is start worrying that, oh, it's not working, this is no good. I'm, I'm t- uh, all the inner voices start going at you, you know? Yeah. Whereas if you spent you know, five minutes or so trying to make that first one really good, mm. uh, even if it means walking around for 10 minutes in the same location trying to find the primo location for shot number one, is that ability again to start to go and to relax because it's actually doing really good. You've got a, you've got a couple of really nice shots in the can straight away, and that's like the thing when you're shooting weddings. The very first thing, you, the very first photo you should do is a beautiful window portrait of the bride because it always looks gorgeous yeah. relative to how they look. It gives you confidence, makes you relax, but also makes the subject relax because they know they get you know, it's one less thing they have to worry about. Yeah, because it's it's working. It's all happening what they promised. Oh, here's another thing too. What lens were you shooting that with? Uh, Tamron twenty eight seventy five two eight. Yeah. So what else? What other lenses did you have with you? Fifteen mil manual focus f two wide angle and a seventy two hundred two eight, which was too too much reach in that space. Well, you couldn't walk further back. No, no, I was up against okay. the wall. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> I say because a bigger zoom would have narrowed that background distraction angles an awful lot as well. You know. 
Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'd have to check the exif metadata, but I think I shot it at seventy five at two eight. Yeah, so I imagine you, you probably would have zoomed in as far as you could have gone and. Yeah, sorry, not at two eight. I would have been shooting at about f four or f five point six. Yeah, so there's probably not a because her plane, her eye plane to you mm. is pretty much straight to to, to sensor. Yeah. So could have got could have gone. Yeah, could have, yeah. They're the times you can shoot at one point eight and yeah, one point four. This stupid, this slim lines because <laughs> if because that's the only thing you can do is have them look directly at you. Otherwise, you know, even the slightest angle yeah. and one eye is out of focus. Yeah. But yeah, that that would, would but but the, an out of focus bright white line hmm. would have been have a bigger target to clone. It would have been. It wouldn't. Have, I just. I just messaged you a photo on SMS. By the way, yep, I of that saw photo. That. that photo without the white things in the background. Yep. And see the difference. Uh, not without looking at the original, but yeah, I get the point. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've, I, I struggle now with those white lines taken out to realise that it's a fridge back there. But yeah. when those lights were yep. on, I immediately knew what it was. Right. So that's a, that's another interesting little thing about uh, about recognition of objects that we're used to seeing as people, maybe you right. know, it's it's, it's, it's you, know, you know you know it's like you can you can see half of something and know exactly what it is, yeah, or yeah, yeah, you can sure. read every third word on the sentence and know what the whole sentence because our, <laughs> our brain is designed <laughs> yep. to recognise patterns to and, fill and, in the and, blanks. And, yeah, yep. fill in the blanks. So those lights straight away told me beer fridge. Yep. And sure, and then I zoomed in. Sure enough, it was, and I and I reckon without those, makes it a bit more glasses, especially without my glasses on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? Do you know what it looks like to me without the glasses on? Mm. Just a, it looks like a trophy cabinet. Oh, okay. It kind of looks like yeah, it's like a maybe like yeah. a football club, yeah, and they've got the, the the trophy, an old trophy cabinet with like the, the the silver cups kind of reflecting a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I could my, my my brain would could easily supplant that as a the vision the image it sees and it's in my head. Yeah, right. Um, so maybe you should put these both these photos up on the show notes, sure. um, just for 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 anyone who's I don't know who's interested in. I mean, I I love this sort of stuff. This is this I think this is my strength as a photographer. Of course, is is grasping what we see and feel and think when we look at only people forget anything else again yeah. it's, it's strictly limited to this and and again it, it comes down to only to fix up my own shots yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah I, and at a, when i'm running a workshop like i did on the weekend i'm looking at people's back of people's camera from an angle for half a second and telling them everything that's wrong with their photo and tell them to go back and do it again yeah yeah, and that's so you have to get used to. Yeah, is because you don't want people going away with a photo that failed to meet the brief of what we're trying to teach. Of course, yeah. Uh, but you've got eight people you've got to pull apart and control the next person shooting whilst fixing up the person who's just shot. So yeah. you, you, I sort of hone that um, ability to d- disassemble a photograph. And but here's the thing: I, I found myself noticing on the weekend, I almost never looked at the person in the photo. Right. So when so when when, there's, when I'm looking at the fo- the photo, I'm not actually even recognised. I'm not even looking at are the they blinking, are they, at the I'm just looking at everything else, all the extraneous stuff yeah. that would detract. Because I'm going to assume that maybe the person isn't blinking and they managed to get it in focus. Yeah. Because those things shouldn't be too much of an issue. Yeah. Uh, so it's composition and distractions are probably the, the two things I I noticed the most. But I, I literally I thought about it. I was halfway through. I re- kind of brought myself up thinking about hey, so I'm not even looking at what the expressions on any of these photos. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was which I thought was quite a, an interesting interesting thing as well. Yeah. Uh, but it went well. I'll, I'll say it it did. so well well I've got another one on February twenty five and that's all sold out as well. So we're nice. now putting another one in March as well. So beautiful. If there's anyone in Melbourne or and Ocean Grove down you, the countryside. Um, physically you, you coped okay? You know, I was I was sore the next day. Right. But what what I what I planned for was a nana nap on the way home, thinking I'd be so exhausted, mm. I'd I'd have to pull over and sleep for half an hour or so. Mm. And I didn't have to. I drove home and I was okay and started for like yeah two o'clock my normal time. Wow. Yeah. So um, no, I actually physically did did pretty darn good, and it was it wasn't an overly warm day though. That probably helps. Yeah. You know, it was only yeah you know, low twenties. Nice uh, Celsius, so it was, it was quite pleasant. I, I looked out. I got. I got up in the morning. I looked out the window of my house. And it was wall to wall blue sky. 
Oh, I thought you were that's what I, that's what I, natural light workshop. I want nothing but blazing blue sky, sunny days. <laughs> and as I'm driving down, it's getting cloudier and cloudier and cloudier. And for ninety percent of the, the day, it was wall to wall grey clouds. Oh, what? <laughs> so flat, lifeless light. And it was only literally only the last twenty minutes of the day, sunlight yeah. came out. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> <so> typical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple other things to mention uh, over yes. the Christmas break Google sent me a notification saying that uh, if I wanted to create a channel for my podcast I could do so so I, we now have a Shutters Inc podcast channel on YouTube which won't have video but it will just automatically suck in the audio from the RSS feed and create a video with just a you know static thumbnail uh, on YouTube. So if you decide that you you know YouTube Desperate. is your preferred consumption method, uh, you can now listen to Shutter Zinc on YouTube. So there we are. Look at that. We're going all the way back to episode five three six. Right. Is that as it far back, back as it goes? Is it? <clears throat> well, on, yeah. On this feed, this okay. does here. Yeah. Five three six through to five five five. That's like a phone number. There Twenty videos. Twenty. There we go. So maybe that's maybe they've limited it to the last twenty episodes. But um, yeah, we should we should consider one day doing video. Oh, dude, it's a lot of work. Uh, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. I also bought myself a Christmas present. Did you? What you get? Yeah. An Azus Pro Art 27-inch 4K monitor. Oh, that's going to be good for gaming. Which, well, if you game, I guess it would be. Kalman <laughs> Verified, got every uh, picture, colour space imaginable, so 100% sRGB, 100% Does it have, does it have Adobe Beta RGB. Max from 1987? Oh, better. Rec 709, Rec 2020. I don't know what any of that is. Well, they're all video Extra colour red. spaces. Extra red. Extra red. <laughs> Does it have cowbells? <laughs> has, more cowbell. have more cowbells. has more cowbells. Has more cowbells. Dude. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So is it good? Just got it last week. So um, wow. loving it. Wow. What What I need though, I I need a second one because my second monitor is 1080, oh. and uh, I do find it a little disconcerting that you. You either scale everything beautifully for the 4K monitor, and then things look a bit weird on the on the 1080 monitor, or you make everything look good on the 1080 monitor, and everything is microscopic on the 4K yeah. monitor. So, wow! I, I need to reach out to Azus and go, "Oi, fix me up with the second one," so or something. I don't know. Be very exciting, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got all hot and heavy myself for monitors pre-Christmas, thinking, "Oh, I'd love to get a monitor." Right, but then realised, well. I do all my editing with my finger on the trackpad on my laptop, on my lap, laying on the couch. Right. Not much room for a 27-inch bloody monitor. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about getting two. <laughs> to not be able to use while sitting on the couch. <laughs> so I don't know. It's funny how you get obsessed about stuff and it's like, oh, I'm going to get some monitors. I was all the same, same kind of thing. <laughs> Don't come, but you're never, ever going to use it, ever. Never, yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was envisioning this this uh, bracket I was going to put on the wall, this swing arm bracket yeah. that I could be like laying against the wall but next to the couch. I could swing them out over the couch in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Using my trackpad on my, on my, with my finger. Nice. Yeah, so um, I think that uh, might not work. And out our, our mate Joe put out a four-part essay over the Christmas break. All about the exposure triangle and why it's wrong. Really? Yeah. Why is it wrong? Is it wrong? I, or, or did what he put out was that wrong? <laughs> I, I must admit, when I opened up my text document this evening and I looked at it, I went, mention Joe's four-part essay on the exposure triangle and why it's wrong. And I'm thinking, I remember reading it. I don't remember what was wrong with his essay. See, that's and what then I thought I, when I read your notes, I thought, that's the, why is it wrong? What's he and done it took wrong? me a couple of minutes of looking at this going, what was wrong with his essay? I don't remember. And then I realised, oh, it's what was wrong with the exposure triangle. That's right. So, should get him on so he can explain it. Absolutely. 
We should do that. Put reach out to him. I will find the link to it. It's a, it's about a half hour read. Yeah, so he can come on and we can just. You know, well, I'll, I'll try and be quiet, and you can be quiet, <laughs> and he can talk for half an hour and <laughs> tell us. Uh, so, what is an exposure triangle, Bruce? Well, is that know, like what, the musical triangle in the orchestra? <laughs> ding. Yeah. At the end of every photo, you go ding. So. It, it, it's all about you know this idea we've been sold on you know aperture shutter speed and iso and he's basically taking issue with the iso setting as it appears on all of our digital cameras whether they're dslr or mirrorless and he, his issue is that the iso setting on a digital camera yeah. does not, contrary to what we have been told, increase the sensitivity of the sensor. All it is is a mathematical multiplication of the binary value for the photons detected at each pixel site, you know, multiplied by whatever the scaling factor is according to yeah. how much you're trying to boost the ISO. And... I don't want to paraphrase it and, and mess it up. So I'm, like I said, I am going to put the link in the show notes. I highly encourage people to go and read it. I, I know it's a half hour commitment, but I really think there's a lot of validity to what he talks about. Okay, but 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 yeah, does it matter? Does it make a difference? I think if it's it right matters, or wrong. I think it matters to anyone who shoots raw. I don't think Why? it necessarily matters to people who shoot JPEG. Why would it make a cahoots difference if you shoot raw or because JPEG? Because part of the argument is don't worry about the ISO. Like he's, he says, you should set your shutter speed first, right? Deci and he says, shoot, set the shutter speed with intent. Those were his words. Yeah. Meaning... Decide whether or not you want to freeze the action or whether you want to include motion blur and to what degree do you want motion blur or frozen action and choose your shutter speed with that intent in mind. Okay. Yeah, you do that. Once you've done that, choose your aperture for feel. Meaning yeah, how much that, yeah. how much depth of field or how much bokeh do you yeah. want in the in the image? Or lack thereof, yeah, yeah. And okay, once you've yeah. done that, yeah. shoot at the base ISO of your camera because that's where the noise is the least, even if right. it means you end up with an un underexposed image. Now, this is a why black I image, say... A completely black image, yeah. Well, this is why I say it depends on whether you shoot J JPEG or RAW because if you shoot no, so RAW... So I'm shooting RAW, it's still black. Yes, but you've got the ability to lift it. With a JPEG, you don't. Well, How much? it depends on the uh, bit rate or the bit depth of the sensor at, that's capturing the, the, the light. Okay. I need to shoot basketball teams running around indoors in low light. Yep. I need a 2,000 shutter speed to make sure they're all frozen. But I need F16 to make sure I've got them all in focus because it's going to have everyone's face in focus. Okay, so now it's my photo's 22 stops underexposed. <laughs> How am I lifting that? I don't think it would be 22 stops, but I, I get your point. Uh, and, I, and I would, again, encourage you to go and read the article. Okay. I, I, want, I want to shoot for some, some motion. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, uh, maybe just a fifteenth of a second. Mm. A little, just a little bit of motion. Mm. But I want to shoot at 1.2 because I want that lovely soft bokeh mm. in my motion. Mm -hmm. But I'm also shooting under blazing 45-degree sunlight. Yep. And I'm 22 stops overexposed. <laughs> Everything's white. <laughs> How am I fixing that? That's going to be a problem because if you've clipped your highlights, then that data's gone forever. So the system is bogus. Well, no, you could shoot with a neutral density filter. I didn't say that in the part of the exposure triangle. You said I've just got to fix it in post. The whole concept is fix it in post is what you're telling me. The answer to his argument is fix it in post. God forbid get it right in camera. Fix it in post. I've been at a wedding. I've taken 27,000 shots. Got to fix every one of them. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. Yes. Um, remember... <laughs> 
uh, uh, first, firstly, firstly, sorry, uh, uh, happy 35th wedding anniversary. Um, I just want to, you know, I almost got your photos ready. <laughs> what? He died 17 years ago. <laughs> so, you want him to take it out of the photos? That'll take a bit longer. <laughs> I mean, I I, I completely get what he's saying. One part of the argument is that the firmware in your camera does the best that it can, and it's based on the the science that existed at the time that that camera was manufactured. Right. Right. And and let's be real camera manufacturers have no financial incentive whatsoever to keep developing firmware upgrades to the camera that's you know that you paid for 10 years ago because there's there's no return on that that's right? why would you buy a new one okay yeah yeah but the software that we use to develop our raw files is improving every day and i i can can you know absolutely go along with this idea i've got raw files that are you know now 15 years old that i can get much better results from today than i could out of lightroom 15 years ago so i think there's an argument there that you know the software gets better and better and this is why i have always maintained it's good to shoot raw because the software does get better noise reduction has certainly come a long way in 15 years you look at the stuff but if that, you shot if you shot a base iso noise noise reduction wouldn't have mattered well yes and no <laughs> if you've shot 22 stops to use your number under expose and you'd have to boost that in post you are going to increase the noise but it won't be as bad using newer software than if you use the you know 10 year old firmware that's in the camera well you wouldn't be boosting it in the camera though would you well you are because iso oh, yeah, is a furphy no mm, nah, i don't agree okay uh, I, I, if I shot 800 ISO rather than 100 ISO in a 10-year-old camera, mm-hmm. I had to boost up those That's... four stops. Yep. It's only four stops. is probably okay if I'm shooting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but Read the article. Th- no, I'm not going to read the article. I know you're not. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I would never do it and in the first place. And you don't shoot raw. <laughs> and, 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 and I get it right in camera, it doesn't matter. And yeah. hey, if it's noisy, it's just turned to black and white. It's art. <laughs> it's pretty freaking simple, you know? It's simple, simple. Yeah. I just think, I think, okay, I'm, I'm saying that technically, in some circumstances, he's right. Mm-hmm. Practically, in all circumstances, for most people, it's fairly unworkable. Right. You've gone on holidays. You've shot seven thousand photos. Yeah, you're not doing that. Yeah, even if you're batch processing. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? You want to take a photo and look on the back of the camera and see it looking nice. Yeah, true. Really? Yeah, you're on a once in a lifetime holiday. Yeah, you're in Africa shooting a, a leopard up a tree with a kill. Yeah, you want to see that suck on the back of the camera. Yeah, and know that you've got it. Yeah, yeah. True. So, 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 so technically. That may, but but practically, is it? And that's the same with so much stuff in photography. Yeah, the, the, all, all the technical stuff that's out there. And in my workshops, we pare it down to the, the absolute ba- most basic crap possible. Yeah, yeah. Not, uh, I, I wouldn't even. I, would, I don't think even talk to aperture or shutter speeds in, at the workshop. Right. Yeah, we don't talk, we don't mention that sort of stuff because it's not important. Yeah. You know, as he says, you choose for the feels that you want. And that's your own choices. Yeah. But how do I get the photo good is an artistic visual concept more than what numbers I need to do achieve it. Yeah. You know, that's sort of secondary to it. Put know? it in P and for the, professional. Yeah, and again, <laughs> you want – and there's nothing wrong with P for professional. I shoot, I shoot a lot of my travel photography in P for professional. Right. And auto ISO. Yep. It's, it's, yeah. But oh, see, that I, was a I'll, whole other part of his article. I'd forgotten about auto that. Auto ISO. Bit. Yeah, auto ISO. And he, and he talks about every camera, you know, pretty, pretty much all the, you know, everything that's been made in the last 10 years has an auto ISO ability and you can define what 
you want the yeah. upper level yeah. to be, and yeah. he suggests that you do some testing and work out what, for you personally, is the the highest ISO that you are comfortable to shoot with for your camera, and that's going to you know differ for every camera, and you set that as the upper limit of the auto ISO range so that your camera won't go beyond that point. He's saying seventy in the base ISO. He was just saying a minute ago. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's coming back to me now as you're talking that, yes, he did talk about this whole I, auto ISO thing and using, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I yeah. didn't want to try and Paraphrase. quote him. Uh, but it's much more fun if you do. <laughs> but, he, but here's the thing too, though. I mean, and, and the problem with auto, anything auto yep. is your camera's going to make mistakes. It doesn't know actually what it's taking a photograph of. Of course. So exposure issues are going to happen all the time. On any form of auto, yeah, yeah. So I, so I shoot a lot of my travel stuff. I choose a fixed shutter speed, and I choose a fixed aperture, and eighty percent of the time I will be on auto ISO, right? Because things happen fast. But knowing that there's going to be a circumstances where I'm aiming at a scene where the balance of light and shadow is going to completely confuse the camera and stuff up the photo completely. So do you just and use I'm, exposure compensation? No, no, because this, this time is an, issue, is an issue. So I'll, I will often then just flick to manual and quickly guess. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's I'm, the problem with auto uh, auto ISO. Even with exposure compensation, as I'm moving, it's constantly changing as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm uh, my, my, so you've got to be very versatile. Or I have two cameras, often two cameras, and one set up in all manual, and one set up in in just my my general walkabout shooting mode because time is of the essence. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, and and always know that the best shots of every single day you will miss. <laughs> because you're on the wrong mode yeah. at the wrong time for the two thousandth of a second it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And you can try and shoot it, but it's not going to work out. But you eliminate by shooting you know, fixed shutter speed, fixed aperture and auto ISO, you're eliminating the chance of losing 80% of those moments in reasonably even lighting conditions, you will you will you will get them where you would have missed them if you had to set anything in that time in that short time frame you have. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, look, we we um we've done a big disservice this this episode, mate. Why? Um, well, it's the first one of the year. Yeah. We've talked some good stuff. <laughs> right. Set the bar too we're, high for the year, is that? We saying? ain't reaching this level again. <laughs> we're lucky if we're going to come close to even half of this, right? Oh, I think we should start off with. We, maybe we should quit whilst we're ahead. We haven't even finished. Well, I was, oh, I was sure we've there's, got there's, there's one last thing, and that was a, an email that we got from Philip Johnson at the end Did of he? last year, and he said, "Have a great Christmas and New Year. Stay safe and healthy to you and your families. A story for next year." Aussie takes International Landscape Photographer of the Year. Images are worth a check. Congrats, Tony Hewitt. Uh, So Australian photographer Tony Hewitt uh, was uh, awarded the International Landscape Photographer of the Year for 2023. He's a nice guy, Tony. Is he? I I don't know him. But, um, yeah, and uh, they've got this... um, (laughs) It's like a... A photo book plug-in on the website, so when you're viewing the images, it's like you're flipping through a photo book and the pages animate, and yeah, it's pretty funky. But anyway, uh, that was the last thing that I had on my list of things to cover for the first episode for 2024. Just, uh, just the thing with Tony's photos. Yeah. Yeah. From what, from, from what I can see, they're all aerial stuff. Yes. Yeah, it's a bit passe now, isn't it? <laughs> I thought I thought we were over aerial photography. Isn't that done? I thought we'd finished that. I don't know. Obviously not. Obviously, it must be the last year of it. I, th- I, th- I thought I thought the memo had gone out to everybody. Right. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> there was some was Tom beautiful Putt. stuff. Tom Putt was uh, who's a great aerial photographer. He was saying, "No, it's over. It's done." I remember right. him saying it recently. <laughs> We've done that. Next, yeah. and that's the thing with drone photography too. Like I said, it's sort of yeah, you know, the ma- the market did get a little bit saturated there for a while. Of, yeah, yeah, aerial stuff, you know. 
But good on him. No, Tony's a lovely guy, so good on him. Yeah. Good on him. All right. Well, we will call it a, a day for this episode. Well, it's a night time, though, Bruce. It is a night. That's correct. We can call it a night. I'm, I'm just having a quick flick. I'm, just say, I'm having a quick flick through some of the... Um, uh, the the best desert award photo is, yeah. is very cool. Yeah, some 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 lovely stuff there. I mean, oh, beautiful stuff too, in there. Some some lovely stuff. Yeah. Uh, what I what I meant to mention that on the page further up, there was a bell curve, and I couldn't help but think of Mr. Lavender when I saw bell when, curve? when I saw this graph. It was the entries in the scoring range, and it was all about how you know. You got these in the middle of the bell curve, you know, all of these people who scored really well, but then you've got these outliers, you know, and, you know, it sort of drops off dramatically at either end of the bell curve. Which way is good, which way is bad, though? Top 101 (laughs) required a score of at least 85.4. Oh, there's a fair few down there in 70, didn't they? Oh, yes. There's no (laughs) one got, no one got below 70, though. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Oh, out of the top 100 and... See, oh, to me, if you've got nothing that scored below 70, then you need to redistribute all of the scores from 70 yeah. to 100 yeah. Yeah. between 0 and 100. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But this, I thought it was interesting... The, that, the quality is all just so, da- all so damn good. Yeah. But, but I thought it was interesting that, you know, we were having a conversation last year about you judging at Ballarat, I think it was, and you were saying you had to go through 1,400 images in three uh, minutes. Up in, up in Rockhampton. No, no, it was somewhere. Billowila. Oh, Billowila, was Queensland. Yeah. yeah. And and I brought up this whole notion of, you know, the bell curve distribution. And, yeah. yeah and, uh, so when it's I saw perfect. that graph, it was it's like... Perfectly, it, it's perfectly... It looks just like a bell. It does. <laughs> Oh, that's, a, that's actually why they call it a bell curve, Bruce. Is it? Because it, it looks like a bell. Yep. Who would have thunk it? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you have a good couple of weeks. I will, and you too. And we will uh, and, uh, talk to you in a fortnight. You will. Take care, everybody. Sorry about this podcast. Uh, we'll be back to our usual low standard next time. <laughs> See you, mate. Bye. You've been listening to Shutters Inc. For questions, comments, and feedback, email theboys at shuttersincpodcast.com.